0: All right, 25 minutes in front of the hour as uh, we head down the stretch. Uh, Yael Lasowski joins us every Friday uh, to round out the broadcast week. Uh, The co-host of the Consumer Choice uh, Radio Show, uh, also part of the global grassroots movement for consumer choice uh, at the Consumer Choice Center, consumerchoicecenter.org, their website. Uh, Yael, my friend, I hope things are going well out uh, in uh, Vienna, Austria this morning.
1: Yeah, things are great, Joe, and uh, love the comment from the last caller on Octum's Razor. Uh, you could probably do a whole three-hour show on that alone, but uh, really good, powerful uh, start of the morning here for the listeners in Wilmington.
0: Uh, no question. Uh, you know, We try to hit the ground running each and every day. No matter what's going on on the outside uh, of uh, this crazy, wacky personal life uh, that I've got with a three-year-old running around like a madman uh, every day, uh, takes a little out of you, uh, and then to have to put thoughts together and make sense of them uh, at uh, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning for three hours a day is often a difficult task, i got to tell you.
1: Yeah, but you're doing it now with a goatee, so you're looking much more intelligent while doing it.
0: Yes, uh, yeah, you uh, made comment in reference to that yesterday. My wife does not like it. I gotta say, she likes the clean cut Joe,
1: and uh, you know, just uh, dirty things up a little bit here today and this week. <laughs> yeah, that's Joe from Jersey. Now Wilmington, the North Carolina native man on the radio. Uh, I think it, it, you know, it spices things up a little bit, Joe, and uh, it's a crazy time. We got less than a month to go before this huge election. I think it's it's everyone's time to experiment a little bit with anything.
0: Well, you know me and my CBD sodas. Uh, you know, I could pound them uh, like uh, the best of them. And uh, with that said, yeah, you all know, the other day I got this craving. And, uh, you know, we'll segue into, well, the state of California here in a minute because we all love, uh, you know, poking fun at California until, you know, some of their politics and policies make their way, say, to a state like North Carolina. Uh, but with that said... I've been craving some Southern California Mexican food. I don't know why. I don't know what it is, but i got to say, Southern California Mexican food, it's like nothing else other than maybe being in Mexico.
1: Hmm. Tex-Mex. Okay. Yeah, that's good. I I wish I had access to this kind of stuff where I'm living, uh, but believe me, we don't. I know that uh, there's a good number of restaurants across North Carolina. I know much more outside of Charlotte. I'm not sure in Wilmington, but... (laughs) You know, this is the the good spicy food. Believe me, I'd, I'd love to have that. Good burritos, good tacos. Man, there, I, there's so much that uh, one can miss about uh, the United States. It's definitely parts of the food uh, that you're able to get in certain places, and that's definitely one of them.
0: So, give me the lowdown on uh, you know Austrian uh, you know uh, sustenance. Uh, you know, give us uh, the the take, the hot take today on what a typical meal
1: in Vienna, Austria looks like. All right, we're going there. Okay, so uh, this is a big meat and potatoes kind of country, so a lot of potatoes are grown, potatoes are included in everything, and the big thing here is schnitzel, so that's going to be either your pork or your, uh, let's say it's part of veal, or you have some chicken, and they flatten it with a nice hammer, you know, they really take the meat tenderizer and they smash it to smithereens, you put it all in egg wash and yolk and flour and then you throw that thing in the fryer and you got your nice flattened piece of meat. Typically you're going to serve that with either fries or potatoes uh, kind of mixed together with uh, really good parsley. That's probably the number one staple meal. Uh, The thing is is the, the Austrians love pork. And uh, they do like to eat their pork, but not in the same way that North Carolinians like to eat their pork. We're big on smoking it. We're big on barbecue. We're big on the the nice huge pork butt that you're able to put on the smoker for many hours. Uh, here, it's always going to be you know in the oven for many hours with a lot of a lot of water, a lot of moisture, and you're going to mix that with all types of different creams. And uh, I can't really stop without uh, talking about the desserts. Uh, desserts are huge. Apfelstrudel, if you guys have ever had it, apple strudel is a huge thing. Uh, mother-in-law actually just uh, dropped one off last night, so we're <laughs> pretty happy here. But uh, this is the you know—this is uh, the type of food that's been popular in this area for at least 400 years. You know, it hasn't really changed that much. We do have some interesting uh, food that comes in from other countries. Uh, Turkey, you know, we got donut kebabs and this kind of stuff. Uh, but really, not too many Mexican places, unfortunately, Joe. Just one or, <laughs> one or two.
0: <laughs> We're getting a, a little cultural knowledge and lesson here today. Wow, I, I learned more than I did in any type of world history class, I could tell you, in my 20-something years of schooling today. Thank you, Yael, for that.
1: Well, that's what we do on the radio, folks. That's what Big Talker's all about.
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, well, this past week, and I was trying to tie in California with, uh, well, the vice presidential candidate on the Democratic side. and. Kamala Harris, uh, who was, uh, well, a little misspoken this week on uh, her, well, her reference to Abraham Lincoln, of course, in the Supreme Court discussion. We'll get into that next week when Amy Coney Barrett uh, uh, gets uh, tested and is in the spotlight uh, with the uh, Judiciary Committee uh, beginning their hearings on Monday of next week. Uh, But uh, Senator Harris is just kind of the echo chamber of all bad California politics, and uh, that... I think it should scare the crap out of uh, many Americans across the the other 49 states in the country.
1: Yeah, I think one interesting point is they were talking about health care, and this is with Vice President Mike Pence. And, you know, they're discussing everything about pre existing conditions and the plans. I think this would have been the perfect opportunity for Mike Pence to say, weren't you the one who raised your hand in the debate not more than a few months ago saying you wanted to totally ban private insurance? I think that would have spooked the bejesus out of most of the electorate, and people would have understood this kind of California, San Francisco, uh, elitism that exists among many political leaders in that state. And this is now on the ballot; it's on the ticket. You know, it's something that people will be voting for uh, come early November, and that's very problematic. And it does—it's not just health care. You know, there's definitely a lot of stuff when it comes to the federal power. Uh, I think we heard for the first time separation of powers by Mike Pence. That was like one of the first times I've ever heard that in a debate in the last at least two years. No one talks about separation of powers anymore. And how much they're discussing the judicial branch and how much they would like to sort of impose the rule. You know, there's, there's so much divide that is present in the country, but I'm not sure how much this vice presidential debate will matter. But the ideas are kind of scary, and the ideas are California-centric. Uh, when it comes to fracking, you know, that is just a plug to the to this Commonwealth of Pennsylvania right there. Because Kamala Harris was all for banning fracking. Joe has said we're totally going to get rid of fossil fuels. I mean— it's not really the best uh, environmental policy that we're going to have coming out of a potential Biden-Harris administration. And I think the California politics, unfortunately, it may infect the rest of the states. Uh, it's not a good time to do that. You know, we're still in financial recovery. Uh, there's a lot of things that we're trying to get together after this pandemic. But man, that really was scary. I I, I hope if uh, the viewers felt the same way, Joe, I don't know what, uh, what kind of comments you were getting all week.
0: Well, I think, uh, you know, it's uh, been uh, tough to navigate uh, well, what a Biden-Harris administration would be up to, c- given the fact that, uh, you know, the details uh, have been scant. And, yeah, you can go to their website and uh, pick up some articles, uh, you know, on uh, all his plans uh, for law enforcement uh, or his tax plan, his climate change plan. But uh, when he's not out and about or his running mate, is, n- or they're not, you know, ever present in the – spotlight of the american people answering questions and uh you know getting tested uh, i think uh, that also needs to you know be pointed out uh, that uh, they've gone relatively this entire election cycle without uh Really, you know, getting thrown through the meat grinder, so to speak, in that conversely, when you look at President Trump uh, for his accomplishments, for his shortcomings, the guys out there and uh, and President Obama was kind of like that as well. He He was out there all the time, like constantly on the television. Remember, I remember President Obama when he was trying to push the Affordable Care Act. They were running infomercials like uh, every 30 seconds uh, on some of the news uh, you know, channels, uh, promoting you know his Affordable Care Act. Uh, you know, for anything, better or worse, for President Trump, uh, the guy speaks to the media a- at nauseum sometimes, and sometimes that doesn't even uh, really lend to his. Uh, you know, to What he's trying to accomplish uh, as compared to what we're seeing with uh, you know Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, they've been relatively silent, kind of in the woods for most of this entire election cycle, really, since February.
1: Wow, you talk about that uh, that info program, Joe. That, that actually brings me back to 2009. I remember it was, uh, I think it was the holidays. I think we were in the Outer Banks, actually, so not too far from Wilmington. And it was 2009 over Christmas break, and I remember it was the voting on the Affordable Care Act. And so much propaganda on television, so much debate everywhere, it's such a huge deal. And there you did see Obama, you know, he was doing these rallies, and he was very good. You know, and I think that's what a lot of people are looking for, uh, you know, is a kind of return to the Obama-style uh, politics of the past. You know, maybe people don't like the style of Donald Trump, which is understandable. Uh, but look, I focus on policy. That's what we try to do. That's what we're trying to analyze. Um, people are going to vote on personality. I, would, I wish they would not, because sometimes it's not always the most important thing. It's important what laws are passed, uh, whether that be at the federal, their state, or local level. And we have to look at the impact of it. Look, uh, does that mean that your costs are going to go up? Does that mean you're going to have uh, more choice in terms of where to send your children when it comes to school? Uh, there's all kinds of questions that aren't really being answered right now. There's a lot that's lost in the rigmarole of, of media, and added to this, you know, it's, it's a really polarizing time, and I think we're kind of over-politicized. You know, Joe, you've talked a lot about uh, the, the role of politics in sports and how it's kind of taken over that. I mean, politics has taken over almost anything now. I mean, do, do people remember Instagram before, you know, the the current political modernity when we people just take pictures of dogs and cats and their food? Uh, it seemed as if it was a bit more enjoyable. Now everything is uh, something social justice or something Trump. Uh, this is, I think, pretty bad. There's a, there's a reason America is successful. Alexis de Tocqueville, when he came here in the 1800s, he said the reason America is so successful is because they have civil society. They're able to keep politics and private life separate, People are able to get along, and they have these voluntary groups where they discuss issues that aren't just politics, that are things related to life, to liberty, to their children, to religion, and that really keeps society free. I think we have to kind of go back to that. I don't know if that means we need a de Tocqueville restart, but it's it's something to, to really think about past November, is how do we come together and really try to get past this so it's not just a, another team match on the television every day, and we understand that... We are all Americans, and uh, whatever we hear on the television or whatever debates uh, might be happening through our newspapers, you know, we have a role to play. This is the place where many of our children will grow up, and we want them to be successful. So what are the ideas that are going to make that possible?
0: Doesn't this kind of lend to the argument, uh, though, that, uh, well, the political class and it's both sides, that the ever-reaching and expansion of uh, government has kind of led to the over-politization of everything, and that uh, people... Look at government as being the be-all and end-all to solve all of our problems rather than having those conversations as a society outside of the political world because in my mind there are no political solutions as – who was it – uh, the, the police once uh, wrote in a, in a song many, many years ago, uh, you know, there are no political solutions to a lot of these problems, uh, you know, that we face. And uh, people like you and me every day, Schmoes, Joe Schmoes out there are the ones that uh, could be working to fix and, and uh, provide solutions and ideas to the many issues and not the government.
1: Yeah. I mean, Yael Schmo here, tell me about it. Uh, But definitely, it is true that, you know, there are many circumstances where we've allowed many different levels of government to intrude further than they ever have. Um, And the entire idea that we have things like uh, property taxes in the United States, you know, imagine what happens if you don't pay your property tax, you own your property outright, you don't owe the bank, you own your house 100%. What happens if you don't pay your property tax? Well, government's going to come along and and probably put it up for auction or put you in jail. I mean, it's the kind of stuff where we've allowed many parts of our governmental institutions to become fairly large, to make many decisions for us, and to, yes, deprive deprive us of choice. I think that that has been bad, and that probably does invite many of the problems that that we're talking about, Joe. So I do think you're right there. Uh, But, you know, that doesn't mean that it always has to be that way. You know, there's a reason why the country was founded among, you know, citizen legislators. Maybe that's a solution as well. I know that there's a lot of great lawyers uh, who are in the Wilmington area, uh, but there's uh, nothing but lawyers in Washington, D.C. And uh, maybe it takes an everyday Joe Schmo uh, to kind of go up there and try to talk some normal sense uh, to really get people back to the same level. But uh, there, there's a lot of different stuff to change. It really does matter at the local level. That's why the big talker is so great, so people can discuss what's happening locally in the community. Uh, so I still have a lot of hope, Joe. I'm, uh, I'm on the right side, and I think uh, Goatee Joe is with me.
0: I'm uh, really uh, loving that uh, here this morning. Uh, You're giving me such a sense of positivity and uh, inspiration to go into the weekend and not discuss anything related to the world of politics or Washington, D.C. or the city of Raleigh, which I tend to do on the weekends. Which uh, and them often critiqued for doing so because you got to step away, you got to, you know, you, you got to come down from this uh, high that we're all on, jacked up on uh, politics, uh, Donald Trump and and Joe Biden or uh, or James uh, James Calvin Cunningham, uh, who's you know of course running for uh, the Senate seat here in North Carolina, coming under some scrutiny over the last uh, couple of days for this, that, and the other, shall we say. Yeah, yeah. one of the things that you follow, I think, more than anyone else uh, and uh, that you write about and that we discuss uh, weekly is, uh, you know, big tech and, uh, well, the social media platforms and, you know, a bunch of old white hair guys uh, trying to come together and, you know, set a bunch of rules for, for Facebook and the Instagrams of the world. Uh, when we look at this whole new platform that is out there, a new medium, I guess you could say, the digital platform. I'm kind of I have mixed feelings about a number of different things uh, because uh, I do believe there are some things. And I guess, you know, we sign up on these. We check the boxes and say, you know, we are going to adhere to their terms and it's their terms and their rules. And and I get that. uh, uh, But, uh, you know, how far down are we going here when we talk about uh, the world of social media and how we can all kind of grasp it and uh, really enjoy it and get something out of it rather than uh, turn it into what it's become?
1: Yeah, I mean, social media has definitely been awesome and great. It allows me, who's living here, to be able to connect with my friends and my family, to share news, articles, thoughts. And I think for many people, it is that. Um, It has probably taken a whole different direction in the last, I would say, four years in that it has become a huge political vehicle. I think that's very unfortunate. And I think because of that, it's really led to a lot of clampdowns. And I think in in many instances, we're talking about Facebook or Twitter or some of these other networks that are censoring particular pages. Uh, Imagine it's QAnon or imagine it's Antifa. Um, There's just a lot of this kind of censoring of particular views or pages. And, you know, the second they start doing that, I I think it is very bad. Uh, But they're responding to their own incentives. Many of these social networks do not want the fire-breathing government to pass yet another regulation that will make it impossible to do business. So we have to be cognizant of that. When Kamala Harris is up on the Hill and she's uh, talking about why we need to regulate Facebook out of existence, for instance, you know, that is really bad. What are they going to do to respond to that? They're probably going to make it more strict. Now, Facebook has no political advertising probably ever anymore. And that doesn't just mean that Donald Trump can't be on there. It means that our nonprofit can't be on there. It means that your local you know, candidate for uh, city council can't put out an ad on there. And that, that's how you reach people. So we're, we're kind of inviting a lot of this by asking legislators to try to intervene. And it's both on left and right. You know, there's uh, conservatives who don't like what big tech is doing. Uh, there are many liberals who feel the same way. Um, when both sides agree like that, typically it, it's time to be a bit hesitant and, <laughs> and uh, to maybe to step back a little bit, because the second that we do grant this amount of power, uh, all it takes is another four years, another president, another administration. It'll go the other way and it'll swing towards a way that's not favorable to your freedom. So we have to think positively. we got to think beyond that. We have to allow freedom because what is the point of all this freedom and liberty that we've been promised for years and years if we can't exercise it and we can't get back to doing just what we love every day?
0: Yael Lasowski is host of the Consumer Choice radio show. It airs 10 o'clock Saturday mornings, and they're rebroadcast then at noon on Sundays here only on the Big Talker FM. Yeah, Yel. what's coming up uh, this weekend on the show?
1: So we've got Jacob Greer. Uh, He's an awesome freelance journalist and writer. Uh, He's been writing books about mixing cocktails, about the rediscovery of tobacco. Uh, All in all, great guy. He reviews whiskey for a living, Joe. Uh, So awesome insights and convo with him uh, for the weekend program. program.
0: Sounds like trouble. And uh, (laughs) were you getting in trouble? No, couldn't be. (laughs)
1: never, never, not here, not on these parts.
0: Yael, thanks as always. Uh, We'll catch up next week. Look forward to tuning into the show tomorrow.
1: All right, thanks so much, show. All the best.
0: All right, as we head into uh, our final timeout, we thank uh, Yael Asowski from the Consumer Choice Radio Show and the Consumer Choice Center, the global grassroots movement for consumer choice, consumerchoicecenter.org, their website. You want to find timely articles related to choice and consumption. Here in our country and all around the globe, they do a great job doing what they do. As we head into the top of the hour on The Big Talker, 106.7 FM.